Connection podcast listeners, welcome back to another edition of Viewer's Choice here only on the North South Connection and the dynamic duo back again. Uh, this time covering the granddaddy of them all live from Jerry World in Dallas. No, scratch that, Arlington, Texas. Ooh. WrestleMania 38. I'm Tim, joined on alongside the co host. Of WWE War here on the North South Connection, Marcus. Marcus, how you doing? I'm good. I apologize for the so-so Hank Hill impersonation at the start. Propane Hill, propane accessories. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are on. Uh, I would say cloud nine. Yeah. From, from uh, we are literally 15 minutes removed from the final pinfall, the final match. Of night two of WrestleMania. The final moment to be had of yes. WrestleMania 38. Yes. And we are here to do the inenviable task. Is it inevitable? Unenviable? Inevitable. Uh, uh, you would think that two podcasters would have a command over the English language, but we don't. We have the not so easy task of trying to condense two nights, the most stupendous Barney Riffic. WrestleMania in history into a nice 30 to 45 minute podcast for you guys. If it is your first time listening to Viewer's Choice, shame on you. I'm kidding. Welcome. What we do here is we go over what's must watch, must skip, and our MVPs of each night. We want to reiterate, must skip doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means if you need to get the gist of the show, we're we're telling you what to absolutely watch and what to avoid to condense your time right if it's a bad match we'll probably just come out and say like hey this wasn't very good and that's okay they'll try again tomorrow but uh yeah if it's if it gets a skip it doesn't mean it was bad i might give a four star match a skip but like if it was inconsequential to me it, it's a skip and i'm not going to try to uh, recommend to waste your time exactly we're here we're here to inevitably make the decision for you that hopefully our recommendations are, are good enough for you. Um, I know that we uh, 
just the other day on the North South Connection, myself along with Jim Neeson, Ryan Miller, and Matthew Mealeisen, we broke down Stand and Deliver. Uh, a little bit easier of a task than it is here at WrestleMania. Uh, Marcus, can let's go from the beginning. We'll do night one, night two. Yeah. So run down what happened uh, sat WrestleMania Saturday. All right, WrestleMania Saturday, of course, happening on April 2nd. This, These are the results. So spoiler alert, according to the most trusted source of all things wrestling-related, Wikipedia. Uh, thank you, uh, Adam Van, for that. Kicking off the show was uh, the Usos defeating Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, who suffered an unfortunate quad injury. Usos retained the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Next up, Drew McIntyre defeats Happy Baron Corbin by pinfall, uh, notably kicking out of the end of days. First time that had ever been done. Next up is a tag team match between The Miz and Logan Paul as they defeat Rey and Dominic Mysterio slash Guerrero. Bianca Belair wins the Raw Women's Championship by defeating Becky Lynch. Cody Rhodes makes his much-anticipated return to the WWE after a six-year absence by defeating Seth Rollins. And Charlotte Flair defeats Ronda uh, Ronda Rousey, easy for me to say, Ron Rousey, by pinfall to become, or to retain, excuse me, the SmackDown Women's Championship. And in a surprise of all surprises, uh, in a segment that was scheduled to close the show, it turned into a no-holds-barred match as the returning... Stone Cold Steve Austin from a 19-year in-ring match absence defeats Kevin Owens. That is your WrestleMania Night 1 results. Now, typically here on the North-South Connection, Marcus would go through and give star ratings and then see what's above and below replacement. And that's going to be many, many, many episodes away in WWE War. But here, a little more condensed. So um i will do I'll, I'll do the heavy lifting i'll i'll lift first All right. and i think we can easily say the mo- the must the most must watch match from night 1 i would say is the match of the night uh, which was bianca belair and becky lynch for the raw women's championship yeah um it was the i feel it was the first match on the card that felt like wrestlemania mm um both women got the fantastic extra extravagant entrance um becky uh channeling her any inner lady gaga with her gear um getting the marvel slash then now forever uh entrance entrance with the the police or the the chauffeured escort i'm very curious how much that uber black cost to drop her <laughs> off at the ramp um but then of course um bianca leading the hbcu marching band to uh the sound of her theme and the match just went up from there um i think this is becky lynch's best match since her return from uh having a babe in uh at SummerSlam. i think it's one of her best singles matches in the wwe as a whole I think that Becky and Bianca have extraordinary chemistry together. Mm. This definitely washes the taste of the Travis Sham mockery that was the SummerSlam match um, out. And I'm fully expecting a a big, uh, a, a nice, meaningful run at the top for Bianca off the heels of this uh, tremendous victory over the person who hasn't lost the Raw Women's Championship since she won it in Becky Lynch. 
Yeah, this is kind of everything that you want in a WrestleMania match. It's two big-time elaborate entrances for two big-time superstars. Uh, they both have their own uh, independent and unique claims. Uh, the two women who have main-evented and won uh, the main event of WrestleMania and won titles at WrestleMania. Uh, so that was a cool thing to add. The match played off of you know previous encounters and their previous interactions. Uh, plenty of heat and uh, big spots, and it all culminated with culminated with the biggest spot of the night uh, with Bianca winning with uh, Kiss of Death. That is an over finish. Um, and I mean, she planted Becky into the mat. That was really awesome. To uh, steal a line from Stone Cold Steve Austin, she put a little extra stank <laughs> on that KOD. Uh, she put the like like Undertaker's jumping tombstone, like Bianca just spikes. Yeah, there was uh, there was some extra drive behind it. She sent the she did it for for everybody. Um, what is there anything else on this card that is must watch for you? Uh, for me, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll leave something else to you to cover. Um, Thank I'm you. gonna go ahead. I'm gonna skip to the main event, um, our official main event of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. Um, I thought the in-ring microphone segment, the mic work, I thought that was main event worthy. Even if they don't have a match, it was so good that I was satisfied. But the fact that they did do a match uh, and there was some physicality was really awesome. And to see Stone Cold Steve Austin be able to go out there to bump around, to still see a few glimmers of stunning Steve Austin that were left in that body, that was that was really awesome. Um, such a great display for Kevin Owens uh, to be in that spot, to be trusted with Steve Austin's last match in, te- in Texas at WrestleMania in the main event. Um, it, this phrase gets thrown out there a lot. Um, but it is on any field of it doesn't get any bigger than this. I mean, championship matches come and go with all sorts of qualifiers, but to have the last match of probably the biggest star in wrestling, that that's something to uh, that's something to hang your hat on. So really awesome for Kevin Owens. They went out there. Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Brett versus Austin. We're long removed from those days. But this was a really cool way to close the chapter on probably the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Um, there were some questions or concerns about what does Kevin Owens gain from this, the character moving forward. That's for TV to figure out. Um, in the moment, the heel got beat up for running his mouth by the hometown hero. I was extremely happy. I would definitely recommend that everybody go check out the entire segment from the mic work to uh, the closing bell. I was really pleased. Yeah, part of me and my old school mentality, which doesn't turn up very often, but when it does, it does. Um, something didn't sit right with me in the fact that a interview segment was going to main event WrestleMania. Very happy that it did culminate into a match. Um, for my taste, I might have possibly done the KO show shortly after the Royal Rumble. KO gets over on Austin. You can still build to the match, but not have the actual KO show on the main event. Neither here nor there. What they did was dynamite. It was it was it was worth the price of admission. Uh, it's worth the seventy-seven thousand in attendance. Um, 
they can all thank Stone Cold for the house uh, <laughs> that night, and uh, it, it was it was very tremendous. Um, I am I am one of those people that is very curious as to see what this leaves for Kevin, and what spot this leaves him in. Um, contrary to what people think, I don't necessarily be- know how much of just being in there with a guy is a rub. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying Stone Cold Steve Austin buried Kevin Owens in no, any stretch of the imagination. But it does kind of leave just, it's a bittersweet taste in my mouth. Like, I got what I wanted with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but then at the end of the day, Kevin Owens lost to a guy who hasn't wrestled in 19 years. How believable is Kevin Owens as a threat to any sort of championship and any sort of active competitor now? Um Hopefully they can find a way to tell that story through television, as you mentioned. But um, to me, to change gears, there's one more must-see match, one more must-see moment. And uh, that is... Take it away. And of course, if you listen to Final Wrestling Place on the soon-to-be-named network, um, you will know that uh, my love for, for, for Cody Rhodes has been reignited. It was the spark... Oh, that boy. lit the fire, oh, boy. that grew the flame, that turned into a towering inferno of passion for the American Nightmare and his Undertaker dog Pharaoh. It was amazing. Kevin, uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Cody Rhodes uh, delivered. Um, good to see, as we like to eventually call it, uh, the full Cody. We got everything. Um for those rapping big fans, we got the butt, we got the nuts, we got it all. You got everything. Got the giant neck tattoo predominantly displayed. And honestly, Cody looked really good. Mm-hmm. Cody gave a main event style match um, on the grandest stage of them all. And here's hoping that this parlays uh, Cody into a position of upper mid-card main event level for a good majority of the the early parts of his duration. I don't just want like a 90-day run, a 90-day trial run at main event Cody, and then like, oh, that doesn't work for me. It's SummerSlam. Here you go with Austin Theory and like tap him on the shoulder and send him on his way. So um, what do you think about the uh, the three-star general and, uh, and Seth? Um... If you just looking at the match time, it does go twenty minutes. Um, it's probably a match where you wanted the moment itself to just be Cody coming in and picking up the win real quick. But they do go out there; they have a really good semi-main event style match, um, and they get the people back, they get the crowd back, they end hot. Um, but it, I think it's more interesting to talk about Cody moving forward. Um, as we said, WWE went full Cody. Uh, you got the whole, the, all of the Cody lore came uh, with this this presence and entrance at WrestleMania. So now that the Cody lore is in full effect in WWE, they've got the whole Cody package. Uh, this is a character that has, or a person who's reimagined this character to be that of a world champion and somebody who carries himself as a world champion 
even though they've never been a world champion for a national or global company. Um, what do you I, call the NWA, Bubba? Huh? <laughs> you know, the National Wrestling Alliance. R.I.P. seven years ago. <laughs> they can all kiss my yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I want to see it. Like, I want to see it moving forward. Um, don't don't let Cody toil. I don't want them to cool him off just to heat him back up. He's hot. Keep him hot. Um, and, and, hey, see where it goes. That's where I'm at with, uh, with Cody. Happy for you. Um, as we did say on Final Wrestling Place as well. So, sorry for the uh, duality here, but... When WWE does something well, it is the best. And having the full Cody package was really, really cool. And it was the best. Um, and I'm not Captain Cody by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm rubbing off, trying to rub <laughs> off on him as much as possible. I love me some white intercontinental title Cody Rhodes. That's that's my dude right there. But. <gasps> Yeah, Smoke and Mirrors, uh, sign me up for that. Uh, but I'm interested in seeing where things go now. Cody feels like, oddly enough, he is back home. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so we covered the must-watches. Was there anything else for you that you would consider must-watch or recommend? No, I think we're good on the must-watch parts. Yeah, so real quick, we'll do a rundown. Uh, so, of course, Uso's. And uh, versus Nakamura and Boogs, we can give that a skip. McIntyre and Happy Corbin, give that a skip. Miz, Logan Paul versus the Mysterios, you can give that a skip. I mean, there's moments like sure. I would feel like if you could catch us on Sports Center highlights, I would get catch the Sports Center highlights. Yeah, if you're scrolling through Twitter and you see, you know, any gifs or, or clips, then that's how you can catch the majority of this matchup. Um, Bianca Becky, we gave a yeah, absolute absolute must watch, must watch uh, match of the night recommendation there. Cody versus Seth, that is a must watch as well. Charlotte versus Ronda, I am giving that an absolute must skip. Like I'm, I'm not giving it a skip as well. To me, and I feel like it needs to be addressed. Like this match, while may not have had as much steam through television as 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 it could the expectation of ronda rousey and charlotte flair at wrestlemania for the title in what was kind of the de facto main event Mm -hmm. before the austin ko thing um i don't think it delivered i think it it was underwhelming um ronda is not the same person that we saw the in her first run Charlotte is not the same person that we've seen before, too. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the bloom has fallen off the rose of Charlotte Flair. That uh, I don't know if it's just because she's um, she's hit the Randy Orton stage in her life where she's just phoning it in. Um, whether she's not challenged, whether she's not um, she's unhappy creatively or. She just wants to do something different. There's nothing new for her under the sun in WWE right now. Like there's, I feel there's only one, there's one person in the WWE that she could have a great program with. Um, but we are literally a full year away from mm-hmm. that even being a possibility. Mm-hmm. And Bianca Belair. Um, but after Bianca, 
we're back to the same rinse repeat of Charlotte facing everyone that she's faced. Um, and and unfortunately, just I, I don't feel that they 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 held to the value proposition of what it was supposed to be. It was the Royal Rumble winner versus the legacy champion. I mean, if you're going to put more weight on one person or the other here, I'll just say Charlotte Flair is almost in that Roman Reigns spot of you can believe she's going to win any match she's in. You can see it happening. You do not want to see her win as a heel. Uh, so, to me, that means she's doing her job well. Um, so I have to look at who's across from her. And remember what I said a few minutes ago about not cooling somebody off just to try to heat them back up? Sometimes just the center of that doesn't get as warm as it was on the first go-around. It's like warming up a, bowl, a plate of lasagna. Yep. Some Hot things, on the outside and stone cold on the inside. Some things you got to eat on the first run. You sure do. And um, I think the time to strike with Ronda Rousey was during that first run. Um yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to fix it. I personally don't think it can be fixed. Um, this person just... I know it is Ronda Rousey by name, but it is Ronda Rousey by name and name alone. Um, it feels like a performance center body is like the carrier for Ronda Rousey. Um, unimpressive. Um, impressive in the fact that she is a mother, uh, and everything that that entails, uh, getting back into ring shape, being able to go out there at WrestleMania, that is absolutely an incredible feat, and uh, mothers are superheroes. Uh, and I think, and not to cut you off, not to purposely cut you off, but I feel like this is the prime example of us saying that like just because we say something is must-skip doesn't necessarily mean that the match was bad. Correct. What I'm saying is, is that the expectation, whether it was vocalized, verbalized, or uh, just uh, assumed. I mean, you have two of the biggest top five W females, I'd say, in this match. Draw, yeah, at and, least at least box office draws. Yeah, and you know you're expecting a a WrestleMania yeah. match, and they did not give me a WrestleMania no. match. They gave me a Monday Night Raw SmackDown, a, a big time SmackDown main event. Yeah. And that, to me, that's not going to cut it for, yeah, this for is, WrestleMania. This is like the uh, A plus honor student bringing home a B minus. Like right, like this... why did you not bring home an A plus? <laughs> like you guys should have, you guys should have killed it, and instead you just like got by. Yeah. So uh, that's our feelings there, and of course uh, we gave the big thumbs up to Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Go ahead and seek that one out. Um, Tim, do you have an MVP for night one? I think it's Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna give it to. <laughs> Not give Wrestling it to has more than one royal family. Marcus, uh, do it. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give my MVP award to Stone Cold. Call it Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the real son of Texas. There, not fake Texas, Georgia. Um, hey man, he's the, th- the only one person in that match with the son of a son of a plumber baby. Yeah, well, only one person in that whole uh, card is Stone Cold Steve Austin, so that's who I was going to get my MVP for what? that one. <laughs> that's that's fair, uh, but of course, WrestleMania WrestleMania for just one night is not stupendous enough. We must have another night to make it more stupendous. 
Marcus, give us the card of what we just watched from night two, WrestleMania Sunday. WrestleMania Stupendous Sunday, night two. We have RK Bro retaining the Raw Tag Team titles in a triple threat match, defeating the Street Profits in the Alpha Academy. We got Big Bob Lashley defeating Omos. Giant Knoxville defeating Sami Zayn in an Anything Goes match. Sasha Banks and Naomi become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions by defeating Queen Zelina and Carmella, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Natalya, and Shayna Baszler. Edge defeats AJ Styles uh, with a little bit of help from uh, Damian Priest. A little little development there. Uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland, along with uh, Pete Butch Dunn, (laughs) defeat the New Day of Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston Johnson, Kofi Kingston. Pat McAfee defeats Austin Theory uh, with Mr. McMahon at ringside, which bleeds into uh, a rather peculiar Mr. McMahon versus Pat McAfee match where Mr. McMahon wins. And Roman Reigns in the winner-take-all unifying championship match defeats Brock Lesnar. He smashed him. He smashed him. He stacked him. He stacked him. He pinned him. Ladies and gentlemen, mission accomplished. God mode activated. We did it. So, um, I'll let you lead off. What is must-watch from night two? Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You got your boy in. I'm going to go ahead and, and and put on for my boy here. I'm just going to sit here in my chair with my fi- my my index finger in the air because we the ones. Go ahead. I got a couple boys on this card, so I'll go ahead and start with the main event. Um, man. God mode activated. Roman Reigns, our tribal chief, the Uwa man. Mr. Uwa-a. Mr. Uwa-a himself. Mr. Smash'em, Stack'em. Went out, did the thing. Mr. New Boots. It's not Act 1. It's not Act 2. It's what matters in Act 3. And it took WrestleMania 38 for Marcus to admit <laughs> that Rock Austin 3 was the most important and best match of the trilogy. Just like at WrestleMania 38, it was the most, the best and the most important match of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Congratulations. It took us this long. Then now and forever, baby. That's not what I said at all. We the ones. <laughs> we are the ones, but I do not co-sign on that statement at all. Come on, baby. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, there is a certain formula that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar have. Um, it works. That's why it's a formula. But with the stakes being so high, um, and I got to give credit to them. In a night where the show was already running long, uh, we are already past, uh, I think, getting close to 11.30 by the time the match was about to start. Uh, these guys cut out all the fluff. They cut out all the feeling out process. And they got to the bomb fest. And for what people complained about Triple H and Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 32 in the same building, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar did the exact opposite. They went out there. They got it started. They started hot. They kept you invested with the big bombs and the false finishes. Um, big moves only. And in a surprise, I mean, Roman Reigns pulls out the dub. Clean as a whistle. Um, he gets motivationally spoken to by Paul Heyman after enduring the uh, Kimura lock from Brock Lesnar, claiming that his shoulder is out. Um, Paul Heyman says, this is your moment. Time to rise up. Put on for your city. Next thing you know, Roman Reigns slips out of the F5, hits a spear, 
with the uh, opposite shoulder that was worked uh, than the one worked on. And he gets a shocking one, two, three, dead center, clean, middle of the ring. Roman Reigns is now your unified WWE and Universal World Heavyweight Champion. And having resigned myself to the fact that it is WrestleMania, it is Cowboy Brock Lesnar, he is the good guy, Roman is the bad guy, Brock doesn't lose, um, and it's okay for the heel to lose at WrestleMania. I had resigned myself, but given my preferred outcome, I am ecstatic, I am through the roof, I am so excited, I feel like we are halfway there. <laughs> we have WrestleMania 38 under our belts now. To, to quote uh, mutual friend Dr. Disrespect, we're at the top of the mountain, <laughs> but we're only halfway up. <laughs> Think about it. We're, there's so much more to go. We're literally halfway there, and we're already at the top. What's next? I don't know where or when it's going to be, but WrestleMania 40 is what I have pinpointed. Um, I don't even want to entertain the idea. 39 of... is a speed bump. <laughs> we're going. It's the highway to hell. I don't even want to entertain the idea of Roman Reigns losing a match until WrestleMania 40. Yeah, because I was talking, I was mentioning it to Marcus during the during the actual show, and they mentioned it on commentary that he's now in the same breath as, you know, Bruno San Martino and Pedro Morales and Bob Backlund and that guy, mm-hmm. that you know, brother, the brother man. Um, but when you think about it, the closest he's clo- the person he's closest to is Pedro Morales. But once he gets past Pedro, it is a giant, like, Grand Canyon gap between him and Backland. Or I think, is Hogan? I think it's Backland. I think he's... It's Backland, then it's Hogan, and then it's Bruno. Because Bruno is like seven years. Yeah. And Hogan's four. And Bob is, I think... Is Bob like five? Yeah, I think so. Either way, man. Like... It's cool that someone is in that modern era, but it's the beauty of statistics where it's like, ah, he has the fifth longest reign. Well, how long are the other ones? <laughs> and you're just singing the, that famous song from Rent, 525,000. Like, and you're just, those are how many days that Bruno San Martino was world champion. It's also like the inverse prorated for uh, inflation. inflation because like... <laughs> You think about all the TV and pay-per-views that Roman Reigns has to do compared to, like, okay, three, four house shows a month that uh, these guys are doing in major markets, taking their match on the road. The title's really not in jeopardy. You're, are you sitting here and you're, you're, are you chastising Bruno's yard? I am. I'm saying I'm not impressed. Okay. This is impressing me. Um, you know, the guys in that era... Of course, they, they, were, they, were, they were selling out the garden, 20000 hanging from the rafters, um, 30000 on that one night for Kevin Nash. I didn't know, they, they, didn't know they sat 30000 It did on that night. But um, what Roman is doing in this oversaturation uh, age of WWE is truly astonishing and is something that should really be appreciated i don't know when it's going to end it could end at any given moment um but like i'm fully appreciate appreciating being able to witness this greatness i'm gonna do you a favor and i'm gonna let you come back to your other boy for my after my next must see must watch match 
If I were to tell you that Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn put on a borderline WrestleMania match of the night candidate, you probably wouldn't believe me. But you need to watch it. Um, it was super entertaining. For my money, I think this might be the second most entertaining celebrity match in WrestleMania history. Um, just from the enjoyment factor, I, it, it definitely leans into leads into play the fact that it was anything goes. That we had the interaction with the Jackass crew with Chris Pontius and Wee Man, and then you had uh, the rest of the the Jackass Forever cast at ringside with Jeff Tremaine and Dark Shark and. Um, so it was really cool to see all that. But Johnny Knoxville was in there, and he, he felt like he belonged in that spot. Um, but kudos to Sami Zayn. Like, just as much as Kevin Owens should be praised for for kind of holding Steve Austin's hand and getting him, uh, I don't want to say getting carrying him through, but definitely... Seeing like, him through. Seeing him through. Sami Zayn did the exact same thing, except he did it with, like, six non-wrestlers mm. <laughs> and they put on a wrestling match and a, a, a damn fine one um, lots of great spots um, they found a way to make jackass work for the WWE mm. um, if we would have gotten this say 15 years ago when Vince decided to blow himself up in a limo um, but instead we didn't um I don't think it would have been the same. No, no. Uh, it, it wouldn't have came across the same. Right place, right time, right now. Um, right guy won, and Johnny Knoxville is more prepared on a live stage to handle when things go wrong than any wrestler I think I've seen to date. With that giant mouse trap set yeah. to go off. Let's take you into the finish if you haven't seen it yet. So. Uh, Johnny Knoxville pulls out this giant contraption, which is a mouse trap, and uh, he sticks Sami Zayn on one end, and they have like this big lever and setup uh, so you can it's see. It's like a pull. It was like a pull string that yeah. was gonna straight shoot out them. of Looney Tunes. Roadrunner, beep beep. <laughs> Action adventure soap opera. Roadrunner, beep beep. Yes, and Johnny uh, Johnny Knoxville hits the gimmick, and it don't St- work. String broke. It's not working. It's not a working mouse trap. And then you would think that Johnny Knoxville went to MIT and he built the daggone mass trap. He went to Acme. He sure did because he was out there and he was fiddling with like the spring. And then all of a sudden, like he touches one little thing and then all of a sudden, it just pops. Uh, uh, it pops Sammy and we get the pin. Without um, missing a beat, Johnny Knoxville saved WrestleMania. Saved the WrestleMania moment. Yeah, that was that was awesome to see. Um, yeah, you covered, you covered all that as well as anybody. Uh, I will add that, um, this was probably the best call for Michael Cole and Pat McAfee that we've ever heard. You know, it's crazy that it is the best call for the two of them, but it's not even Michael Cole's best, Michael Cole's best work of the night. It is not because that is coming up and what I'm about you to talk about. Nah, I'm gonna let you take. The, I'm gonna let you pass and get to the other boy because I feel like there's another boy of yours that's gonna be must watch from the opener. Um, or is that not must watch for you? 
You can take that one because that's your other boy. Then. That's your boy. That's though. not my. Randy Orton's my boy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but not as much as. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the opener. We just talk. We'll, we'll get to it now. Opener was dope. Opener was dope. Opener was Street Fire. Yeah, RK Bro and the Street Profits and Alpha Academy, Shush Academy. They did really well. Um, Randy. Randy and Riddle just make sense together as a team. I'm always a fan of the Street Profits. I think, um, to quote Rashid Wallace, all teams worked hard. Um, <laughs> just give for the defense takes me. And uh, really good RKO counters from both Riddle on Montez and Orton on Gable for the finish. Um, but it's... We got a format of the triple threat tag team match yes. that we I don't think we've ever seen. No, I don't think where so. Where all three member all three teams are in and they make tags to their partner only at any given time. And that was very refreshing and I kind of want to see that be the new basis of these matches. Yeah, that was a cool wrinkle to add. They pulled it off great. Um it kind of set a maybe a new standard going forward. Um I'm just so happy that we did not get the rumored and much anticipated Orton turn on Riddle. Um, I'm just like now getting on board with like being entertained by Orton and Riddle. Not to say they haven't been doing good work, but like I was kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop and it never happened. And now like the crowd is super into them. They're a top act on Raw. Randy Orton looks to be having the time of his life. It is saving miles on his body. Like, don't ruin a good thing. Like, it's just not time yet. Just because WrestleMania came around doesn't mean you got to blow up your one tag team, which is something they would have done in the past. Um, and just because tomorrow is, or today is Raw after WrestleMania, doesn't mean you have to blow up your one tag team. Um, let this thing ride. They're in the pocket. So just let them cook, baby. Let them keep cooking. It was so good, you know, when when they gave that that uh, that big uh, hug in the middle of the ring. At any other day, Randy would have dropped Riddle with RKO, and they'd have gone from there. But instead, you know, we we get the uh, the WrestleMania toast, and we get Gable Stevenson versus Chad Gable. That's right. Um, but that part is, is very skippable. The match itself, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to what could be like match of the night for night two. Ah, we gonna do it for the brand, ladies and gentlemen. This is the best match of the entire WrestleMania weekend. Night one, night two, be deed. For my money, this match was the best match of WrestleMania weekend. I'm talking about Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee. It's high praise. It is high praise, but go back and look at that crowd. Listen to that crowd in an era of piped-in crowd noise. There was none to be had. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay? If Pat McAfee comes out to any other song other than Seven Nation Army, that crowd does not chant along as much as they do... For that match. It's WrestleMania, baby. You use all the tricks at your disposal. That's fine. And that's fine. That's okay. I mean, that's a, par- that's a parlor trick. It is, but it worked. 
It did work. It worked. I loved it. I mean, you got a match with a very not over new character in Austin Theory and a non-wrestler with Pat McAfee. You got to use some gimmicks, brother. You got to empty em- empty out the trick, the, the bag of tricks. You got to run some trick plays. See, here's here's why I think that you couldn't get you can give this match of the night. You know, maybe not the crowd so much. But Michael Cole turning it on a round of applause for the first time in his effing career. You know, I actually believed everything that Michael Cole said during that entire like he channeled parts of himself, of Jim Ross, of Bobby Heenan, all kind of wrapped into one. Like think of and I know it's high it's the highest of praise, but like how much of a homer Bobby Heenan was for Ric Flair at the 92 Rumble. That is Michael Cole for Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Without losing his professionalism. But he even was like, get him, Austin, one, <laughs> two, damn it. <laughs> like, Yeah, it was, it was awesome to hear Cole, to actually see him be personally invested in a match. Uh, Michael Cole... Probably the best. He's always said this. He's the best showrunner uh, in WWE history. He has said he's not the best play-by-play dude. That goes to Jim Ross. He can go to anybody else. But as far as keeping a show on track, Michael Cole. And hey, I wouldn't know that. I don't have the headset on. That's stuff that we don't see and we don't notice. And that probably means that he's really good at doing that since it never really comes up. Yeah, I, 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 compare, I, I compared him... To, um, like, we're, we're both fo- we're both football fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in Dallas. Uh, quarterbacks. Sometimes you need a quarterback that can go out there and sling the ball, gunsling, and make things happen. A Pat Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Brett Favre. Sometimes you need a game manager. Mm. You need Alex Smith. You need a Troy Aikman. You need a Drew Bledsoe. Mm. And, you know, they had Jim Ross, the Brett Favre, Mm -hmm. the gunslinger, making plays, iconic call after iconic call after iconic call. And now we've got the game manager who is keeping it in between the tackles. He's getting his check down every seven yards. We're keeping the ball moving and matriculating down the field. That's Michael Cole. But Michael Cole came out and said, yo, this is the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this. And he is start, he is throwing 30-yard bombs down the field, taking the top off the defense while Pat McAfee's out here just doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Um, truly incredible. Incredible watch. Incredible listen. Uh, I can't wait to actually go back and watch this myself. I was very entertained. It's the most entertained that I was out of every match all weekend. Um so yeah, that was awesome. McAfee, McAfee has the highest aptitude for wrestling that I've seen a non-wrestler have. But that it's kind of borderline not fair because he's literally been training to wrestle. But I'm not talking about his moves and the execution. And it's not just his You're talking athleticism. about like his presence. I'm talking about his presence his poise. and his poise and what he does between the moves. 
Yeah. That kind of stuff that they can't teach you in a warehouse. Can't teach that. The kind of stuff that doesn't get covered on a thousand run-throughs the day of. Yeah, true. Playing off an audience organically. True. It is lost. And to me, Pat McAfee was a top five performer of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So for sure. high praise for me. I absolutely loved it. I highly recommend going back and watching it. It was the match of the weekend in my book. Um, unfortunately, not everything is super great. Uh, and, you know, there's not a lot of things that are must skip. But I'm going to, for the same reason I said skip Ron, Ron and Char- Charlotte... I'm going to say skip Edge and AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. Um, we are in the era of the Edge Forced Classic. There we are. It is upon us. Um, the match went, what, 20? I'm 24 say, minutes. I was going to say 27. It felt 36 minutes long. I might have had the opportunity whoop, to put money on the over-under on that match time being at 25. And uh, the price was a little too high for that opportunity. So I stayed away from it. But um, I, I this match did a very good job at trying to take my enjoyment out of WrestleMania. Um, technically, technically, this is a good match. I am not faulting AJ. Like, by no means am I saying the AJ Styles and Edge had a clunker of a match. No, no. However, I need y'all. This is between Stand and Deliver and night one of WrestleMania and night two of WrestleMania. Y'all gotta be picking it up. I don't need the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. I don't need Randy Orton Edge in an empty arena going fighting on like boardroom tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Edge had a baller entrance. Things were great. The story they told was really good too. Like I'm not taking away from that match. Speaking specifically from an excitement and energy level, it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It was a vacuum that kind of sucked the momentum of the WrestleMania card to that moment down. I mean, look through the card. Yeah, I mean, this is RK. The, the it was the six man. It was the triple threat tag. After that, what was it? Uh, we got triple threat tag. We got Bob Lashley and Omos, which was which was passable. Momentum's moving. Knoxville and Zane. Yes. Uh, then this is where the card hit for me. We have the women's four way tag. Right, and that was that to me was We're pumping the brakes. Yes, but I feel like that was kind of instilled to be a ga- a brake pumper in a certain way. Um, it's very hard. WWE has struggled mightily. Over time to do multi-women tag matches well. Mm-hmm. So this was... I feel like that match went a little longer than it should have. Almost 11 minutes. And I think that could have gone a hard 8 and been just great. Um, but then Edge and AJ follow that. And plus we're including video packages and entrances and post-match stuff. I mean, we're looking at a well above a 30-minute segment. And it's just... It, it really... It really vacuumed behind, and it really kind of made it made it an uphill climb for the New Day and Fight Night 
and Pat McAfee and Austin Theory and then Vince and Austin to get the show back on on the rails and like excited by the time we get to Brock and Roman in the main event. I think isolated when you if you pulled Edge and AJ Styles out and you watched just that match, that may be a decent match. But in the crux of WrestleMania Sunday, wrong match, wrong time. Yeah. And um it's just it did not live up to the WrestleMania expectations for me. And unfortunately, AJ Styles just hasn't really lived up to WrestleMania expectations either. Because he's had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to have really good matches at WrestleMania and he just can't really seem to put it together and have a have a WrestleMania a great WrestleMania match. Boneyard match excluded. Which isn't really a match, it's right. like a segment. AJ Styles needs a feud ender at WrestleMania because he continually has these first matches of the feud setting up the rest of April and May and early June. Yeah, and I think part of that is that they treat him as a dream match scenario mm-hmm. because he had he it's like everybody's like, Well, I haven't had a chance to face AJ Styles yet, so I'm gonna do it at WrestleMania. Right. Yep. Or her her. Instead of, hey, me and AJ have been fighting since Survivor series. Right, let's blow this puppy up. Yeah, yeah. and like get there or like there was some ish that went down at the Rumble. Right. Let's, let's pay blow, it off. Let's pay something right. off. I bet if you put AJ Styles in that Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle kind of build from Rumble to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. that is, and like you actually build to there is only going to be one match, but you do TV actually building up to this one match, then I bet AJ Styles goes out there and delivers a highly memorable WrestleMania match and hashtag WrestleMania moment. Right. But uh, he's been tasked with a tough task of having these dream feud matches begin with match one at WrestleMania. And it's just been tough to go out there and give a WrestleMania classic what's expected of you. But probably knowing that, like, we got to do it again in three weeks. Right. Do it again after that in another three or four weeks. For sure. And, you you know, you got to leave some meat on the table. like. For sure. So, Yeah. I, I I'm I'm with you there. And um personal note must skip the um Seamus and Ridge Holland versus New Day. It was awesome to see the New Day rocking Biggie's gear. That was truly touching. But in the lead up to this match, they showed the video package and they actually had the Audacity Audacity to show the Biggie neck break and whether or not they had his permission, they ran it by him. It, none of that matters to me. Um, I, If you follow the rest of sports, and I know some of our audience does not, but when there is a gruesome injury in sports, you don't get to see it again. You catch it the one time in live action, and that's it. You do not. They will not show it again. And unfortunately on that SmackDown... We saw Biggie almost lose his life, let alone his senses, his ability to walk, his ability uh, to live a quality life, and not, not even think about wrestling again. Um, and by miracle and by the conditioning and shape that he's in, um, 
you know, we believe that he will live to fight another day if that's what he chooses to do. Um, but to actually show the injury again was bad form. Mm-hmm. Bad form. F. Rich Holland. That's all I gotta say. We talked about this before, but it's okay. Yeah. I, I know how we feel. Um, we won't go through the, the list. Just know what was must watch and was must skip. Uh, MVP of night two. You going Pat McAfee? I'm going Pat McAfee. I'm doing it. Pat McAfee is my MVP. I cannot go against the Tribal Chief, the man who unified the titles, who closed out WrestleMania with both strap holas, uh, is Roman Reigns for me. Um, if you had to choose between must-watch and must-skip WrestleMania Night 1, WrestleMania Night 2, which are you skipping and which are you watching? I'm skipping Night 1 and I'm watching Night 2. I feel like we got everything... And more. I feel like night two was a more complete card than night one. And I almost, I will say this. You put that Edge AJ Styles match on night one, and you put the Cody Seth match on night two. And WrestleMania night two is a all top WrestleMania a, a, right, of yes. all time. This is an all time WrestleMania, mm-hmm. without question. But of course, you can't do that because we cannot let the, give, give the illusion that one night of WrestleMania is more important than the other. Can't, Wink. <laughs> can't do that. Um, but of course, it's not just up to us. It is all up to you. Let us know what you feel um, via email at viewerschoicepodcast.gmail.com or let us know on Twitter on the new Twitter handle at T and M shows. That is the new home for all of the Tim and Marcus podcasts, including this one, Final Wrestling Place, Three Count Thursday, WWE War. And whatever other side projects we get uh, invested upon. So do us a favor. Get on your Twitter machine. uh, Follow T&M Shows. And uh, let us know that you heard about it from the Viewer's Choice Podcast on the North-South Connection. Speaking of the North-South Connection, northsouthconnection.podbean.com, facebook.com slash northsouthconnection. It's your home for this podcast and so many others that you can catch on the daily, including our our daily voyage through the history of WWE major events in Cronoso. We're literally giving you something every day um, to walk you through the happenings of WWE from WrestleMania 1 onward. Um, Marcus, you have a project with JT. Absolutely um, do. WWE War, tell them about it. Yeah, WWE War Wrestling, uh, WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. JT and I, we kind of take an analytical uh, wins above replacement style approach, uh, looking at seasoned years of WWE. So we start with the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania and go through the year concluding with WrestleMania itself. That is our season. Uh, right now we have done 1994, 95, 2011, 2012, and we are wrapping up 1999 and 2000. Uh, so we try to take all of the quantifiers that make up a good or bad show, commentary, atmosphere, notable moments, match quality, um, all-time matches, all-time bad matches, and everything in between. And we try to calculate everything and uh, give a show a ranking. So that's Wrestling Above Replacement. Yeah, it's a, it's a great show. Check it out. And then, of course, if you like what we do here, check us out every week on the soon-to-be-named uh, network, soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. It's the home of Final Wrestling Place, where Marcus and I take the nouns of professional wrestling and we assign them arbitrary red points and green points. 
and put them in either the good place or the bad place. We are rebooting the podcast. Uh, we are in season 21. We're going back to where it all begins. Our first season ever on the show was WrestleMania, so we are going back and covering four WrestleManias and putting them in our final resting place. If you're listening to this podcast, you can go over to finalwrestlingplace.buzzsprout.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and listen to us break down and put in its final wrestling place, WrestleMania 1. Uh, the Senior Name Network has so many other podcasts on it, including Longbox Heroes, uh, We Need Wrestling, At Odds With Wrestling, Hit My Music, which is a wrestling theme podcast, um, and, and so much more. Uh, so at STBN Network on Twitter is where you can find that. Uh, to communicate with us, I'm at Not The Tool Man across all platforms. Uh, you can catch uh, Marcus on the Wrestling Speakeasy. If you know, you know. Uh, we will be back here May the 8th for WrestleMania Backlash. I mean, WrestleMania Backlash. Um, it's going to be a fun time and a good time. Um, so for Marcus, I'm Tim. This has been Viewer's Choice. And always and remember that the choice is yours.